Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Dot Differently. I am Rabbi Joel Roth of the Jewish Theological Seminary in New York and the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. Today, we are working on Ketubot, page 52, Daf Nunbet. As Mishnayot appear in the printed text of the Gemara, this Mishnah on page 52b is the final one of chapter 4 of Ketubot. This Mishnah adds a few more items to the list of mandatory requirements concerning marriage contracts, even if those conditions have not been stipulated in writing within the Ketubah. Let's read the first one in the Mishnah on 52b, and then we will talk about it. Here is what it says. Lo katavla benin dichrin diyichavon lichiminai inun yirtun ksaktuptich yater al chulachon deim acheon. Chayav shehu tenai bekdin. We'll translate it in a minute, but I am certain that everyone immediately noted that the language, at least until the last couple of words, was not Hebrew. It was Aramaic. Clearly, the reason for that is simple, because this reflects the language in which the documents were written. To this very day, in fact, the classical ketubah, classical marriage contract, utilized at most Jewish marriages, is in fact still written in Aramaic. Now, let me translate for you so that we see exactly what it is that this Mishnah says. It says, If he did not write the following for her, quote, The male children that you will bear from me, they will inherit the money of your ketubah beyond their uh, portion with their brothers. It is obligatory, even though not written, because it is a stipulation of the court. And now, let's see what it is that it was saying and uh, try to understand what motivated the sages. First, let me explain exactly again what it says. It says that the mandate of the court is that the following stipulation is required. A man must say to a woman for whom he is writing a ketubah, namely a woman who is to be his wife, or who is his wife, that her male children will, upon his death, inherit 
the money stipulated in her ketubah, and they will inherit that. Only they will inherit that, and they will get that in addition to whatever inheritance they share from their father with all their other brothers from other marriages that the man may have had. And now, let's see what motivated the rabbis to mandate such a stipulation. Can we begin that by reading the first line of the Gemara? The first line of the Gemara says as follows. Amar Rabbi Yochanan Mishum Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai. Rabbi Yochanan said in the name of Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai. Mipnei ma hitkinu kitubat benin dichrin? Why did the sages legislate, mandate the kitubat benin dichrin? Kitubat benin dichrin is the shorthand way of referring to the clause that I have been explaining until now. Why did the rabbis, did the sages mandate Ketubat Benin Dichrin? Kedei sheikpotz adam v'yichtov levito kivno. In order that a, a person, a man, would literally jump to write for his daughter like as for his son. Allow me to explain what we are talking about. The sages were very much afraid and worried that a man would not provide a reasonable, nice dowry for his daughter for fear that if, after that daughter were married, she predeceased her husband, that husband would inherit his daughter's dowry. And upon his death, that dowry would not go exclusively to the children born to his daughter, but would be shared with all the children of the daughter's husband from other marriages that he may have had. Allow me to see if I can make it very clear. When a man dies, his male children inherit equally from his possessions, with the exception of the firstborn who gets uh, more, but we're not discussing that today. And, and that's the way the father's inheritance is divided between his sons. It doesn't matter, in theory, how many wives these sons came from. All of the sons inherit equally. So, in this case, what the Gemara says is that the sages made the mandate of Ketubat Benin Dichrin because they were afraid of the following consequence. They were afraid that a man would not provide for his daughter a reasonable dowry when she was about to get married. And without a reasonable dowry, you understand, in that era, it would not have been so easy to find a husband for his daughter, but they were afraid that if the, 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 the daughter's father would be afraid that if 
that his daughter predeceased her husband, then that husband inherits everything that the wife possesses upon her death. And that would include the dowry which would be provided by her father prior to the marriage. So that if the wife, that is to say this man's daughter, predeceased her husband, that dowry would now go into the possession of her husband. And upon her husband's death, that dowry would not go exclusively to sons born to her, but would be shared equally among all of the sons of, the, of her husband, no matter from how many marriages those sons came. And so, says uh, uh, Rabbi Yochanan in the name of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, it is this concern that motivated the sages to mandate a ktubah benin dichrin, a ktubah which, 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 which mandates that a woman's dowry in the case that she predeceases her husband, that that dowry will be inherited exclusively by her sons and not shared with brothers of her sons from other marriages. That, of course, does not mean that her sons will lose whatever would be their legitimate and normal inheritance from their father's estate, that they will share equally with their brothers. But what they will not share equally with their brothers is their mother's dowry. They alone will inherit their mother's dowry. By mandating that the Ktubat Benin Dichrin be a stipulation of the court, even if it is not included in writing in the Ktubat, the sages believed that they were guaranteeing that it would be reasonable for a man to feel confident that by providing a dowry for his daughter and getting her a good partner, that money that he would provide for the dowry would remain exclusively as an inheritance within his family line. That, then, is this other mandated stipulation of a ketubah that applies by tonight Beit Din, by stipulation of the court, even if it was not exclusive, even if it was not written specifically in the ketubah. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros, from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.